You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud face said that I must eat this pie. This podcast is brought to you by The Last of the Giants Locksmiths. Locked out of your home? Stuck with sadistic psychopath squatters? Call our associate one Wig wonder one This giant of a man will get you inside in 30 minutes or less. Money back guaranteed. Be wary of flying arrows. Giants can be killed. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 56, Battle of the Bastards. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Jess. We're just going to, because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about, we're just going to jump straight into the Frey Pie rating for the episode. And just as a reminder, we rate on Frey Pie with Rhaegar being the best episode could be and Simon being the worst and Jared in the middle. So Jess, do you want to kick it off? What's your Frey Pie rating for this episode? This may be a surprise, but it's a John-centric episode. And I'm going to give it a Rhaegar. <laughs> I'm totally shocked. Oh, my Shock. God. Uh, just in case anybody hasn't picked up on it, this is a brigade cast. So be prepared. John's our favorite character. <laughs> yeah. This is basically the John Snow Appreciation Hour. Yeah. Well, not quite an hour, ideally. Right. not. <laughs> but if you're here for John Snow, welcome. If you're not here for John Snow, there's the door. Yeah. We're sorry. <laughs> Hold the door. We're not. We're not sorry. Don't hold door. Don't. Do- <laughs> oh, oh too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um. So, Katie, what ra- what rating do you give this episode? Uh, it's a Rhaegar mode with like chocolate syrup and like little nuts and shit and like some whipped cream. Like basically the best Sunday you could ever think of. Like that's what this is. <laughs> is it your favorite episode of the show? Um, to say that. God, that's really hard. I mean, honestly, I think it might be only because there's so much payoff in so many of the character development. You see kind of people coming into their own. So, yes, I think it is. Oh, interesting. I'm, I am going to give it a Rhaegar mode. First, I was going to give it a Rhaegar just because I was like, well, I don't know if I want to elevate it to the level of Hard Home and Watchers on the Wall and Baylor yet. But I watched it again and I was like, okay, no. I don't know quite yet if it's like still up there with those ones okay it's up there but i don't know if it's beat baylor yet baylor's still my favorite episode of the show i think and we know the other girls aren't on the cast but we think it should also be noted that it seems that it was gen- it was liked by the group so they were also giving it regards or regular modes so that's good <laughs> yeah this is actually really rare there's usually at least one person or a couple that didn't really like an episode that even if everyone else liked it so this is this is great actually so let's jump into awards, and the first one we like to do is the episode MVP, and I know who I want to nominate, but was there anyone that you guys want to nominate for this for this award? Uh, Sansa, honestly. For me. For me, it was Sansa, just because she got shit done. You know, she saw where there was inadequacies. She did not allow those to not be, like, pointed out. She kind of spoke up for herself. And then when she saw she wasn't going to be able to get it done that way, she got it done the only way she knew how. Like, she she just, she handled it. If it wasn't for her, the battle would have been lost. That's it. So Sansa for me. Even though I know yours and I also agree with it, but that's what I'm <laughs> for. <laughs> like... Jess, do you have one? Uh, or is it the same I, I, as mine? I, 
don't I don't even know who your yours is. I, I didn't look at the doc. <laughs> that's gonna be a surprise for me. <laughs> but do you have one in mind? Um, no, actually. Okay, then I'll go to mine. <laughs> I was gonna say one one because he gets them into Winterfell. Without one one, would they have been able to get into Winterfell to really end the whole fight? I don't I don't know. It might have taken them a while. So. Well, I agree with you, Katie. Sansa is excellent, and I love her in this episode. I'm going to give it to 1-1. Also, he can't get it ever again. I know. Oh, that, like, broke my heart. <laughs> uh, Last of the Giants. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. okay with it. And, of course, it was that fucker Ramsay who took him down. Of course. Ugh, Ramsay. Ugh. <laughs> um, and then another one we've been doing lately, and it started as a joke because the show really became the Lannister show a couple seasons ago. I don't know if you guys remember this because now it's really become the Stark show. So it seems dumb that we still keep doing a Stark watch, (laughs) but I think it's appropriate to do it for this episode because they get Winterfell back. So I think maybe now we can retire this category. I think so. I think that the Starks are back in Winterfell. So I think I agree with you. It's time to retire it. Yeah. And the show is no longer the Lannister show. Right. So... We're all for keeping the Starks. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The next one's the Ned Stark Award. And this is in humor, you know, when someone does something that's very Ned Stark of them, meaning they put their honor before, like, maybe doing a smart (laughs) thing. Like, you know, telling Cersei, oh, I know, before he, like, tells anyone else. But I think we've all, it's been some flexible. So some people might use it for other things. Like, you know, of course, Ned did protect his family over himself, of course, when he was in King's Landing and the shit hit the fan. So we can use it for different things. Um, I think unanimously everyone agrees it's John in this episode. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, not only does he get this award just on principle, but he also was like channeling Ned the entire episode, including when he challenged Ramsay and everything. Like his whole manner of speaking, manner of fighting was just Ned. I'm like, dude, are you like whatever cut this part out because i don't know where i'm going with it <laughs> well, I, I i i i agree in part because right part of the reason why ned does some of the things he does is to protect his daughters much the same way that john was trying to protect his younger brother so i think there is there are parallels there agreed yeah. i was gonna give it a rickon <laughs> why you're gonna give it to rickon Rick, yes rickon no i'm sorry there's nothing heroic about what rickon did rickon couldn't even manage to Bob and Wee while he's running oh. from like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, it's a game, bro. Even if you were playing like red light, green light, you're still going to bob and weave so you don't get shot in the heart. That's exactly <laughs> why he gets the Ned Stark Award. <laughs> My brother said, and it was a funny, I had to mention this. He said to me in a text, he's like, that's not Edmure Tully shooting at you. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. Zigzag, brother. Zigzag. I mean, I thought about that and I was like, well, if you think about it, he never, like, he was so young. I know because the actor looks older, so it's hard to believe, but it's like, he was so young when he left that it's like, was he ever taught that that's really what you're supposed to do? Don't run in a straight line, dude. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I mean, that's the fastest way to John, though, so I kind of get it, too. It's like, (laughs) like, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I would give it to John because I think it was very, it's honorable for him to run after Rickon and then try to run after Ramsay to kill him instead of actually waiting for your army to catch up. No, I I don't agree that it was honorable that he like went out because he basically just did it in a rage. And when Tormund Giantsbane, master of hyperbole, fucker of bears, (laughs) is sitting there going, dude, 
don't go after him. Like when yeah. he's the voice of reason, it's time to rethink your choices. Oh no, it's not the smart choice, but I think that's the point. He yeah. wasn't thinking rationally or intelligently in that moment. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I do have to give a shout out that <laughs> Jenny in the doc noted that John gets the Aragorn award, and I, I admit, I was thinking that too. I was like, <laughs> he's really channeling Aragorn in this episode. <clears throat> uh, wrong, wrong son of. Uh... What is it? Oh, shit. Shit. Fuck. Are you, okay? <laughs> Are you okay? No, I'm totally like having a brain fart. Like, I can't complete a sentence today. Son of what? Gondor. Gondor? Son of Gondor. <laughs> <laughs> I could have helped you out there. Yeah, I was like, wait, what is she going for here? I'm not sure. <laughs> There's your blooper reel right there. <laughs> um, but no, there were, like, especially when he was running after when he like lost his horse and he was like walking towards the horses basically with just his sword i was like that's a very aragorn moment here and he's like running towards them so i get it i got the feels there too (sighs) and then she also says that sansa gets the gandalf award for bringing the rohirrim (laughs) not enough blonde people not enough blonde people i'm sorry (laughs) you can't call them rohirrim unless they have flowing blonde veins okay so there are a few one-liners this episode did you ladies have a favorite one-liner um, Asha's, or sorry, Yara's, uh, I don't demand anything, but I'm up for anything. Yeah, it's just like, I don't make demands, but I'm up for anything. It's like, oh, God, I love you. Like, yeah. <laughs> that one was good. I, of course, loved Sansa when she told Ramsay that he's going to die tomorrow and to sleep well. I, you know, I liked that moment. And then she just rode away. It was like she didn't even have to watch the rest of that meeting. I also did like Tyrion's comment that, thank you for your ships. Our queen does love ships. <laughs> I was like, yep, she does. And she, this is like she hasn't really had them before. So this is new. <laughs> oh, I did love the what kind of god does that? The one we've got. Like that was that was profound. That was yeah. really excellent. Yeah. And so Jess, what was your favorite rumming moment? Oh, uh, basically the the new Stark theme that they've been using all season, um, particularly when it was used in the scene where John is being trampled by the wildlings. I like the use of it. And then also the goodbye brother theme when the Knights of the Vale came to the rescue with Sansa standing on her horse or sitting on mm-hmm. her horse. You know, they um, played the goodbye brother theme briefly while Ramsay was getting mauled to death. Which I thought was interesting. It was when Sansa, I think it was right when she smiled. Yeah. Uh, they played Goodbye Brother. And I'm like, shit, is that her new like revenge theme? Because I kind of love that. Maybe it won't be the sad Stark song anymore. No, maybe it'll be the Sansa fuck shit up song. Yeah. I also love the moment when the Vale Knights come. And that musical moment was really great. I also really loved, and I think it's the combo of like, the scenery they used with the music, but when Davos finds the stag. I, you know, that was so, like, I That was actually, a good musical cue, I'm just saying. It was but a musical yeah, cue. Katie. We'll talk about my feelings on that scene later. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I do have some. Okay. <laughs> so this episode had some really notable goodbyes. Um, we'll talk more about them when we get to it. But briefly, of course, we have to say goodbye to Rickon. Yeah. Very sad. Um, also, just a heads up, we three knew this was actually happening yeah. this episode because we heard about the spoilers. So I think we've all had moments to accept the rage. So I think we, so 
if we don't seem as angry as we should be, it's just because we've actually had like a month to process it. <laughs> no, which I think we all did purposely because we knew, you know, in advance that, that the three of us were going to be on this episode. And we also knew in advance, each of us, what our reactions would be. <laughs> so we kind of like gave each other the heads up like, dude, are you sure you really should know this before we yeah. go into it? So, Yeah. And another goodbye was to one one, as we mentioned. Really sad, but we'll get that to that. Sucks. The happy goodbye though is to Ramsey Snow. I refuse to call him Ramsey yeah. Bolton. Fuck but... you, bastard. <laughs> if only this happened like three seasons ago. I don't even know. But... It was so and... satisfying. It was so yeah. satisfying. It was very satisfying. And also small John Umber died. And I can't say I'm gonna miss him either, because he was also a dick. So Yeah. I mean I can't even figure out well, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I don't even know what he was doing there. It's like, do you even go here? So we're going to go do it a little bit different since this episode only had two storylines. We're just going to combine Rhaegar a la mode with some nerd rage and just go through Marine first. And then we'll go to the North just because I think we have a lot of feelings about the North and that we can probably get through Marine fairly quickly. Um, so let's hit it off with Marine. Any thoughts you guys want to share about Marine? Um, can I do nerd rage first? Sure, you can do it. It's not really nerd rage. It's it's more so like I'm sorry, Peter and, and Amelia have no chemistry at all together. I don't know. Their scenes are so so flat together, and then you compare that with her scenes with Gemma, and like there's warmth there, there's chemistry. It's like electric. I don't know. I'm just not feeling like the scenes between Tyrion and Danny. They're they're kind of cold and distant. Um, I don't know that I agree with you because I feel like it's supposed to be really awkward. I don't think that they feel comfortable around each other yet. I think they're getting there. The the one scene um, where Danny's not really sure she should do the arm class, like she's not used to it, and she turns to Tyrion, like I felt like they were kind of starting to gel right there because that's one of the first times she actually looked to him for advice. You know what I mean? Like she listens yeah. to him, but she's very skeptical. And at that point, she was kind of like, all right. What do I yeah. do? I, yeah, I can kind of see what you're think, how you're how you're feeling, Jess, in the first scene they have in the episode. Yeah, like, that scene. There was mm-hmm. something weird about that scene, but then later on, I thought they were fine together. And then when I think back to Hard Home, when they actually had that longer scene together, that was fantastic. The I wine drinking scene. Them. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know that it's necessarily chemistry, or maybe it's just the way it was executed because there's like yeah. a war going on, and she's like looking out of the balcony. I'm like, girl, you're gonna get hit with something, like. It was just, yeah, it was probably that. It was just, like, a very, like, awkward scene. Yeah. The well, opening she, scene seemed a little weird, but I thought they were fine later on in the episode. Well, I mean, she was pissed at him, too. I mean, it was it was supposed to be evocative, and it, or at least it was for me, uh, of your parents come home and you've trashed the place. But at least most of the things aren't broken. Like, just some of it's broken. Like, you mowed the lawn. You know, like, that's, that's kind of, oh my god! Like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of. What I totally like. get it. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so I feel like Tyrion was kind of pull, had a little bit of that vibe going, and Danny was yeah. pissed. So I think that's where the awkwardness comes from. Yeah. But. Well, and when I watched it again, I was like, it's actually weird to see Tyrion in the position where he he wasn't groveling, but he didn't seem very confident in that scene, and we're not really used. To Tyrion acting that way a lot of times when he's you know being a political person or at least in this season he hasn't really been acting that way because he hasn't really had any reason to not be confident but at least in front of Danny it's like well no he is in a really weird position as yeah. you pointed out Katie it's like he's actually really vulnerable because she doesn't she could just decide oh I'm just I don't need him anymore I'm just gonna kill him right <laughs> well and that's the thing because he's not 
when he was the hand in Westeros, he had the protection of his family name, right? So, and he also didn't really know what he was doing. He thought he did, but he didn't. So he came across as really arrogant. He's a little bit of a shit stain, let's be honest. And he kind of humiliated everybody by proving how much smarter he was than all of them, which he was, but it didn't really endear anybody to him. And the only reason they didn't kill him outright because was because he was a Lannister. He's now kind of coming into being a real hand where he realizes he's not the one with the power, but he is there to advise. And that's kind of how he is treating Danny. He's not totally used to it yet, which is where the awkwardness comes from. But I think he's actually doing a better job as hand because of it. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, I did love the scene between Danny and Yara. I almost said Asha. Yeah. <laughs> this is really hard. <laughs> and Theon. And Tyrion, too. I lo- like the interactions between all four of them. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that they're not outing Theon for, like, whatever. Because they don't know. They don't know everything he's gone through, which is why Tyrion is so skeptical. But I like that... Uh, Yara, I almost said Asha, <laughs> is so protective of him in that she steers the conversation away as soon as she possibly can. Like, that's not what it's about. Let's concentrate on her. Yeah. And also, I just love that it, the Marine storyline will be moving forward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's really nice. I like that they all were like, all our fathers are assholes. Yes. And they yes. made this world a pretty shitty place and we need to clean up their fucking mess. I appreciated that. Well, yes. thank God it came from Danny too, because she really, it took her a while to get here. You know, she wasn't really willing to admit that about her father until like just now. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. And I thought it was great when Tyrion kind of checked her, basically what her original plan was, was just to just kill everyone and every soldier. And he was like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> like Marine is a city like King's Landing. It's the same yeah. thing. <laughs> right. And he did it better than even Barrison. You know, they all kind of treated Danny like she was their daughter or their niece, even though she was their queen. And Tyrion, again, was way more deferential and was like, look, I get you. I'd like to show you another view. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was pretty good stuff. You know, I, I wouldn't mind Danny and, and, and Asha actually being a couple. I don't see why they can't go that direction. Oh no, I, I'm totally there. I'm down for it. I think it's. Great. I don't. I don't <laughs> see why she can't be. She can't be bisexual. She. Pro- yeah. I think she is. I think that there's. You know. I think she's kind of down. <laughs> yeah, like why not? She Amelia ships it. So maybe Amelia will tell D and D. Like Dario, nobody cares about Dario. <laughs> like he. <laughs> And I like the actor. Like, I think he's quite attractive. However, the character is, like... Despicable. Meh. He's, he's boring to me. I, would, I mean, I, I understand that. It's just that he's so nice to look at that I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, oh like... But even Kit's ass is better than his ass. Like, we're going to be crass. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're, we're is this all staying in, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's so, genius. I said... On that note of Kit's ass, let's move on to the North. <laughs> um, should we just start with the pre-meeting and then the war council meeting? All that pre-stuff and then go to the battle stuff, ladies? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So let's hit it off talking about the pre-meeting with Ramsey, which is the first time John and Ramsey are meeting, of course. Something to note. 
and then the stuff that follows in the camp, and then stop before you start talking about the battle itself. <laughs> Any moment, anytime when someone <laughs> wants to say something. Because I know, I'm just going to say this, Leanna Mormont in the background is one of the best things in the world. <laughs> Fuck. There's actually articles written about that, how she has about two seconds worth of screen time, and she steals it. <laughs> yeah. That fucking face, that little, like, I know that face. That's the face of when I couldn't get my chocolate when I was eight years old. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's all of our faces whenever Ramsey's on screen. And we're just like, really? No. Go away. <laughs> just like, ugh, stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> I do find it interesting that John has a, a reputation amongst, like, the northern lords already as being this great swordsman. And just being this great, I guess, military man, because all of his battles have been against wildlings and 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 dead whites. So I don't know how the North would find out about him and his and his military skills. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, and I was kind of glad they threw in a comment kind of like that because I'm I was wondering, I was like, don't do people know that he just came back from the dead? Because wouldn't people be talking about him? Like, apparently it, they they don't know he's back from the dead, but they did hear about his. Swordsman, and it wasn't about him being a military man. It was about his swordsmanship. Because if it was about being a military man, Ramsey wouldn't have been so fucking cocky. But they know he's a good warrior, and essentially, that's if you're looking at these two, John is definitely the fighter. Um, Ramsey is a twisted little shit, but he's <laughs> he is, but he's a good because of it. He sees that's just how his mind works. He sees military yeah. strategy. Well, he's good at playing the game. Yeah. He's like, I know you would kill me, so that's. But I have more men, so I'm not going to engage because that's the smart thing to do. Do you know what that's a callback to? That's Rob and uh, Jamie. Oh, that's right. Which it's it's messed up when you think of it that way because in that case, John is Jamie, and Rob is Ramsey. And when it was Rob, you're like, good strategy, dude. But when it's Ramsey, it's like, oh, you're a coward. I don't think Ramsey's a coward in that regard. He's, he's smart in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Why risk it? True. But I mean, John was the one who kind of pointed out when Jamie didn't. He's like, if you won't fight for your men, why should they fight for you? Like, ooh. Sick burn. Nice one. Shot, shots fired. Shots fired. John. <laughs> <laughs> and holster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was. I guess I'll explain why like, uh, Small John is with... Um, Ramsey, uh, Katie, because you asked that question before, because the Umbers, they're always constantly fighting the wildlings. And because John is allied with them, it's like a slap in the face to them and the Umbers who have spent like decades and centuries like fighting the wildlings. So that's why he sides with um, Ramsey. All right. That's what the Umbers do. It just, it's so disappointing. The Umbers and the Karstarks being on Ramsey's side, like, just pissed me off. But I feel you have to have some, like, important northern houses on both sides. Well, the only important house is on John's side. And that's the Mormons, okay? All fucking 60 of them. (laughs) Are we counting Leanna amongst them, or is it 59? You're right. You're right. 61. Is she okay? Like, do we know if she's all right? I'm sure she's fine. She was probably, like, further off somewhere, wherever Sansa was while she was waiting for Littlefinger. Like... I don't think she was riding out to battle with them. I hope so. I mean, but if she did, I'm sure she's fine anyway. Too. 
<laughs> but um, I, I did like the War Council scene um, because we got to see Sansa kind of, you know, it, you know, yeah, John was wrong for not asking her for her opinion, and I'm glad Sansa stood up for herself. And I do think that, you know, it's, you know, it was interesting that basically Sansa gave him advice and the first thing that happens during the battle is that he totally ignores that advice so (laughs) though we'll get to that totally understand why he does it but it's like no your sister warned you man don't do what he wants you to do well i mean he wants you to do (laughs) okay so look at that scene though she's asking him to listen to her but she's not giving him a reason like her her biggest argument is why don't you wait until we have more people which, if she doesn't explain to him that she's called for more people, just makes her sound like she doesn't know what she's talking about because it's like she thinks that she... It makes her sound like she's talking about in hypotheticals. John is so freaked out, he's not ready to listen to that. So in addition to him seeing her as his little sister and not trusting her in the first place, which was a dick move on his part, she's not helping her case by seemingly talking in hypotheticals. Had she actually given him a little bit there, a little info, he may have paid more attention. But even then, I also feel like, how do you know they're guaranteed to show up? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's like, it's a, it's, we don't know the situation. So John technically is in the right to fight with what you have. Like, she can, she could send for reinforcements, but, but it's, but I think for her, what I found interesting was that she just accepted that her brother was going to be killed by Ramsey and sort of how far she's changed since season one, right? She's not that idealistic anymore. She's she's cynical, yeah. you know, and she's a realist in a way that John is not. Like, John, interestingly, is still, like, hopeful and a bit more idealistic than she is. She's definitely more of the realist out of the two, and that just because of her experiences. And I found that interesting. It was also really sad to see that she was just like, no, they're going to kill him, so he just might as well wait. Well, and she's right. Like I, yeah. I think I, I think some people, I think I think I saw something where some people were like, it's like she gave up on Rickon, and it's like, well, no, but she realizes that really the only Rickon was dead, no matter what they did, yeah. basically, because yeah. there was no reason for Ramsay to keep Rickon alive. The only reason he kept Rickon alive was so he could then kill Rickon in front of them, because yeah. Ramsay's yeah. a sick fuck. <clears throat> no, so yeah, it's. He was Rickon was going to die regardless. But to your point, Katie, I don't think she was. She acknowledged that she doesn't know military strategy. Her advice wasn't wait for more people. Her advice really was don't do what he wants you to do. What yeah. he wants you to do. And that was her advice she was giving him. And just to be more careful about his decisions because she knew it was going to go forward even with the fewer men. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I, but I do think that. She did the thing that we all do, (laughs) where you are in an argument, you feel really strongly about it. So while you're talking, you're going to bring up everything that pisses you off about the situation, regardless of whether or not that's a smart thing to do at the time. And when she brought up the whole lack of men thing, that kind of negated the conversation that she was having before that, you know? Oh, I can see that. I mean, yeah, I think they were both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what makes it realistic because siblings do, like, they aren't always right with each other, so. No, that totally. That, that, that was a very, you know, realistic sibling slash friend slash, like, any sort of familial relationship fight where you're talking about one thing and then you bring up who broke whose toy, <laughs> like, 16 years before and how you're still not over it. Like, that's kind of what was going on there. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> 
can I just say that I just love that the the kids are the ones in charge, like leading the battles. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it it's just it's just fun to see. Like they're the ones that are like leading the military battles, and they're on the war councils. It's like nice to see Sansa and John in that sort of environment. Oh yeah. Not having to answer to somebody, <laughs> not having to be like you know, cooped up somewhere while the battles are going on. Like, she's in the thick of it. He's in the thick of it. I I really like that. It's like, they're all grown up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, they're the adults now. You know, all the older generation, most of them are dead or in prison. I mean, they're not... Too soon, Katie, too soon. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It's It's been how many years since Ned died? (laughs) I know. The the only person who's too soon at this point is Hodor. Like, I'm never... (laughs) I'm never going to be okay with it. People say it to me at work, and I'm just, I, I actually have to take a moment. Like, guys, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> um, and speaking of other people in the War Council, I just have to say that I do actually love the relationship between Davos and Tormund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're great. They're, it's a great little buddy show. It's like the yeah. Bronn and Tyrion, like, next generation. Yeah, I do enjoy them together, so that was really enjoyable. Um, and I just wanted to give a quick note that I – it's really weird to see a defeated Mel. I'm like, I kind of yeah. miss the really scary, fierce Mel, and I want her back. And, right. Well, the dangerous yeah. thing about her is that people are still coming to her for, like, theological advice. So John goes to her, and he's like, well, do you think, don't bring me back, but do you think I'll live? And she's so depressed. She's like, I don't fucking know. Maybe he just <laughs> wanted you back to die now. Like, that's not a real answer, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> You don't say that to somebody before they're going into a fight. Like, what's your problem? (laughs) I don't know how I feel about John going to Mel for all of these things. Because to me, he's such a believer in the old gods. And I know it's, like, silly and stuff. But, like, I'm like, I don't know. All this, like, red god Relor stuff. I'm like, you worship the old gods. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he's a believer. But I can't. How can you not be curious when that... (laughs) God brings you back. Right. From well, the dead. here's the thing, John. The only thing John remembers about being dead is oblivion. Like he remembers nothing. So I think any kind of religious leanings that he had from the first time he was alive are really being called into doubt right now. So the only thing that he can think of that has real power is Mel, and she's associated with the Red God. So I think that's why he's going to her. But I don't know that he believes in anything because he has been dead. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he believes in anything. It's just, of course, you're gonna ask her something, right? Um, but do we want to talk about Davos and the stag? Yes, please. I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> um, that was the one part in the episode that really rang a little false to me. I mean, seriously, this—it's been weeks. There have been battles. There have been animals crawling over that wood. Like, how is Davos of all people? going to be just taking a stroll trying to find a good place to shit and look down and be like oh (laughs) that looks like something i carved like well he wasn't gonna sleep all night so long walk i mean i i see your point katie and i was kind of like well i think it's been months since you know she would have been burned and there would have been snow and like and then the snow would melt so would it even still be in the same spot but i'm like whatever this is a fantasy show it's a tv show he had to find out at some point so i get it i'm okay with it i know i mean it's a little ridiculous for me to be like pissed off about realism in a show with dragons and like giants but still 
It's the little things, you guys. That's where you draw the line. (laughs) That's where I draw the line. Like, plot points. None of the guy coming back from the dead. No. The fucking stag in the woods. (laughs) Everybody's got to have something. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, are we ready to go to the battle? Yes, I think so. I think we're there. Okay. So, let's talk about the technical aspects first, because I think we can all agree that this is really amazing for television for movie even too like let's yeah. be honest here but like especially for television like that was really that was well amazing technically like, speaking the dra- i feel like they this is the one time in an episode that heavily featured dragons where the dragons weren't where the budget was going it was this practical battle because yeah. the dragons were like excellent but there were some places where they looked a little like shoddy but this battle was so well choreographed um, the practical effects were so wonderful. Like it really was the the crown jewel of this episode. Agreed. And I think we need to give credit to the director, Miguel, and I'm totally gonna butcher the last name. Sapopchnik? <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> I know Jess was watching behind the scenes videos, so I'm pretty sure you had heard it and I was like, Oh crap, I forgot to watch those videos before we got on. So Oh, so I have a lot of feelings. I, I have deeper appreciation after watching like a 10 minute like anatomy of the episode. And it was so good. Um, he's the guy who also directed Hard Home. Yes. So this is not his first rodeo in regards to this. And what I found interesting is the scene where John is uh, being trampled by the wildlings. That was his idea. That wasn't in the script. And he like sent D&D an email saying, I want to try this out. And he was worried they were going to say no. And they're like, yeah, let's do this. And it was probably one of the highlights of the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. I read that interview too. And it's, I mean, to give backstory, it's from Entertainment Weekly. And the interview. And then it was because they didn't have time to shoot the original script's version of, I guess, the sequence that would fall between the time before he's trampled and after or something. And so it was just Miguel's way of getting around the issue that they only had, like, so many days left to shoot. And I agree. that I'm so glad that that actually – I don't yeah. know what the original plan was, but that was a very good idea. It was so It was so atmospheric. It was so uncomfortable. It really, like, brought to life the feeling of being in this, like, pile of bodies. And just, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah, and what I liked about it was, like, it was, like, torment. It's, like, retreat. And, like, torment of all people is the one that's calling for the retreat. And, like, the wildlings, you know, or the free folk, you don't imagine them to be cowards in that way. Even them, they they fled the battlefield because they knew, you know, this, like, fear. And everybody's, like, running away because it's really scary for all of them. Yeah, yeah. And claustrophobic and ugh. Yeah, the pure chaos, I thought. And he did a great job of this in Hard Home, I thought, too, just showing just how it's just chaotic whenever there's a battle going on. And that a lot of it is luck. It's not necessarily skill at that point. It's just like... Dumbass luck. Can <laughs> yeah. We, can we, speaking of luck, um, I think one of the biggest arguments for John being protected in any way, like if that's a thing, if he's actually got a little bit of protection going on there, he... There were so many moments in that battle where he was a goner and then like somebody jumped out and like took the hit for him. You know, like that was crazy. Oh, I, I love, yeah. I love that long shot. Yeah. I'm a sucker that for long so shots. And, and those are real horses yeah. too. And, oh, by the way, how amazing is Kit? Like from his ju- like running leap onto his horse when he was trying to get Rickon to just like every other fight that he did in the show. And you could tell that it was him too. Like he has become some tremendous stump fighter. Bravo, Kit. Agreed. No, he looks like a dancer. 
He does all the little twirls and stuff, and I'm like, okay. Jess, your sigh right there was magical. Can I tell you? (laughs) I just, you know, when he, like, takes that long claw and those horses are charging at him, I'm like, my heart. I mean, and then Kit is that those are actual real horses, and Kit's like, I'm fucking, like, going to shit my pants right now. (laughs) He was was terrified. And I would be, too. too. Yeah, we all would be. Um, But to jump off something you said, Jess, yeah, that long shot was amazing. And it reminds me, this show does like to use them because there is one in Hard Home as well, I believe. And then also Watchers on the Wall also has a longer shot. Oh, yeah, the tracking shots. I think this is probably the most technically impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the horses and the way they were doing, if you watch the behind the scenes video, I recommend everybody go to like the Game of Thrones YouTube. Like the the horses, none of nobody's ever going to be in a situation where they're going to be hurt, but it looks like they're going to have impact and contact with each other, but they never do. And that's what I also appreciated. They made sure that the horses were safe. So, you know, Rachel, no horses were harmed. I know she loves her horses and no people were harmed in it. But it was really impressive. And that actually the horse trainer is a woman. Awesome. And yeah, she went girl. to David and Dan and she's like, oh, it's always so boring every season. People are just like sitting on horses. I want to do something fun. And they're like, here you go. <laughs> go to town. Have fun. <laughs> that's awesome. That is yeah. really awesome. And, you know, this is the first time that, Not the first time, but this was, I think, one of the most prominent times that I've been really grateful that we're getting this part of the story through the TV show because I feel like it's such a beautifully visualized scene that even though it's going to be wonderful to read, I don't know if we're ever going to read this. Like, I have no idea what George is going to do. But if this battle is somehow represented on the, in the books, it's going to be something different. But at least we have this, you know? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, are there any other technical comments? Should we move on to like stories and the- the story and themes from the battle? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's good. One thing that I kind of noticed throughout this episode were the different contrasts between the characters. So of course there's John and Ramsey. You know, John's willing to fight for his men. Ramsey obviously not. Um, for reasons we discussed that were perfectly logical, but then also later on, he like orders the arrows to go and basically kill his own men. He flees behind Winterfell. Yeah. Like for all these reasons, they're just so different. But then, which also is the difference also between Davos and Ramsey, because Davos, mm-hmm. of course, says, oh, no, don't do the arrows. We're going to kill our own men. And then you have Ramsey, like, fuck it, I don't care. Keep doing them. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I thought that was interesting. But then also, of course, the contrast between John and Davos, because you have John, who sees Rick and die, of course, cannot contain his emotion over, understandably, and, like, runs after Ramsey. Davos just finds out what happened to Shireen, and he doesn't deal with, he doesn't do anything. He's waiting. Even at the end of the battle, he hasn't done anything with Mel. We'll still to be seen if he'll do anything next week. But like he was able to like con- like you know restrain himself and hold in those emotions and hold it together to like get through the shit. <laughs> well, I feel like Davos spends his life compartmentalizing all of these yeah. different. Like he's still grieving over his son. You know, yeah. he's still lost his entire life there. He is just getting over this guy that he followed into battle and is now in a place that's so far away from where he grew up, it's unbelievable. And he's dealing with like fucking white walkers and shit. Like he really is very good at kind of putting things in their boxes in a way that John never was. I mean, this is the same, John is the same kid who tried to run away from the night's watch the day after he took his vows because he heard about his father. He's, he's not changed. This is the same dude. Mm -hmm. So he's rash. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the Liana in him. Yeah. 
Well, it's certainly not the Rhaegar, because Rhaegar would have sat in a corner and played his lute and cried. Oh, my God. It was hard, <laughs> Like, <laughs> he would have. He would have, yeah. like, written a fucking poem and gone out into King's Landing and sang about it. <laughs> um, and also, I forgot to say this, too, about the stuff between John and Ramsay. But the fact that John is, like, so dirty and filthy by the time he, like, beats Ramsay's ass. And Ramsay is, like, no, it's like no one has touched him. And no one has touched him because he's, like, been on a horse the whole time. Like, it's just the difference between the two. You're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. It was interesting to see. I was talking about this at work. And it was um, my coworker and his wife were watching together and just their interplay. His wife sees John throw down his sword and she goes, oh, my God, why is he doing that? You know, when Ramsey and him were about to face off and immediately her husband turns to her and goes, because he's about to beat the piss out of him. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's such like an obvious dude reaction that it's like we get it because we know John, but it's funny to see the different interplay with like different personalities and why, how they react to that scene. Yeah. Like every guy I know was like on it. They're like, yeah, he's going to beat the shit out of him. Done. (laughs) I would have known that too. But I would say we know the character though. Like we know because we have paid attention. (laughs) You know, we we know who John is. So yeah, he's not just going to let it go. No. That little fucker just killed his little brother. Yeah, killed his little brother. I, I do like how. Yeah, exactly. But I do like how small John Umber is sort of the one who's rallying the troops for the Ramsey side because Ramsey's not doing shit, and he's the one who goes into the battle. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like the cheerleader for like all of them. Uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. It was like, well, they know they're not. They don't care about Ramsey. Like, yeah, they. I mean, had were they not all dead now because of the Vale Knights? They wouldn't stay with Ramsey, I don't think. They would have been like, okay, wait, surrender. Yeah, and it was fun and interesting that he got, like, bitten by Tormund, just like his dad got bit, bitten by, like, uh, Grey, uh, Grey Wind. Um, oh. He got his throat torn out by Tormund. Like, how screwed up is that? <laughs> I just found that interesting, the two umber, like, they just like, get the, get bitten by people. Um. So should we talk about Sansa and her fierceness at the end are we ready to go there guys yeah I was honestly so when she is watching the battle she was tremendous right and then when Ramsay runs away I was half expecting her to charge after him I was too I mean I think after the scene leaves they obviously did right after (laughs) well she sees John and like one one and all them running and then she has a little grin on her face she's like okay better catch up yeah yeah I don't know. I mean, I love, I, at first I was kind of disappointed she didn't attack him. And then even though John beat the shit out of Ramsey, I was kind of like, just finish him off. But then we get that last scene. Yeah. And it made it all worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not one to condone violence, but I think there are some people where you're just like, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Legit. There are some people who need a little violence. There's, you know, like there's some situations. Jess, how did you feel? <laughs> Since I know um, that you get well, more. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't condone violence either. But I think in this situation, it's not just that he hurts Sansa. Like if you keep him alive, he's going to like hurt people again. Like this is somebody you have to put down, like a like a rabid dog is what he is essentially. So I found it sort of very appropriate that he was mauled to death by his own rabid dogs that he didn't feed. It's sort of like. It comes back to literally bite you in the ass. <laughs> well, I mean, literally, yes, literally. Yeah. <laughs> All I can think of, like beyond 
Sansa, and I'm so happy it was her who did it. But these are the same dogs that Ramsay was feeding, like, scores of women to. Yes. For fun. For fun. Yes. You know, like, this is this is what you needed. He needed this. This gross Exactly. I also like how he was like smiling when like John was like beating the shit out of him. Like this guy is fucking weird. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, thank God, more more pain, more pain." Like if that's what you're into, fine. But like he he's he's literally gonna kill you, dude. This is not funsies. This is not fun time. <laughs> um, but also someone. This is a theory that keeps bouncing back like a bad penny. Um, where Ramsey says to Sansa, "I'm a part of you now." And the internets are freaking out because they're like, oh, no, no, she's pregnant. And I swear to God, please don't do that to me. I don't think she is. Like, well, what, it wouldn't it would be kind of out of left field because I, I know that in the show time is weird. But I think you're supposed to assume lots of time has passed <laughs> since she ran away from Winterfell. It has to be to move armies that size and to travel the distance they have traveled. So it would seem weird. And I she think. would have access to, um, you know, some sort of... Moon tea. Yeah, moon tea. The, I know the free folk have it. So Yeah, like, I don't think she would allow it. Yeah. Like, even if it were to happen. Also, it just from a story standpoint, it would be like, wait, no, the Starks are on the rise. Like, why? It just seems like a weird well, so- option to go towards. Somebody was saying she was going to have to marry Peter Baelish because her she was going to have a kid and the kid needed a name other than Bolton. But I'm like, that's too soap opera Yeah. She would probably just drink moon tea. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not even, like, I guess so now if we're done with that, we can kind of talk about what this means. Like, I, I personally don't think she's going to marry Peter. I think that's what he wants. Maybe. Or for her to marry Robin because then he can still have, like, his, like, hand in the pot, you know? But, which, I don't know. I think what might happen is to prevent her from, to stop any sort of marriage to Peter, she may say, John, you have Winterfell. Oh. You know oh, what I mean? No. Like, yeah. As a way to, like, okay, so I can't marry this guy. It's like, well, John, like, he's the oldest male. Uh, you can legitimize him in some way. Like, I don't know. I mean, that I wouldn't would, want that, but, yeah. like, as a way to, like, prevent any sort of marriage proposal, like... That would piss me off. <laughs> that really would. Sansa, well, piss me off, too, because yeah. she... Well, she's, well she'd, be, she'd be the house... She'd be the lady of House Bolton right now. She is. She owns a Dreadfort. I mean, it's not Ugh. Winterfell, but, like, yeah. Bran is still out there, but we don't know that. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I prefer Sansa to Jon just because I feel like Sansa's, like... Sansa earned it. And, she yeah. got the she she's the one who like won Winterfell. I think it was a combination. Yeah, I mean, don't forget one one's contribution here. I mean, there is truth <laughs> to that. If they did not have a giant to beat down the door, they would have had to do a siege, and that would have gone on forever. Yeah, that's so. true. I mean, like it was a combination, but like the yeah. army would not have. It was a combination. We'll leave it at that. But yeah, I, it was a combination. Yeah. No, but I think we, all of us probably do want Sansa to be the Lady of Winterfell. Well, think about yes. it. You're going to have, because Tyrion brought it up. He was saying that if we give independence to the Iron Islands, other kingdoms will demand it, which I loved Danny's line there. She's not demanding, she's asking. But I do think that it's going to be Danny and Westeros um, 
Yara, I almost said Asha again, Yara in the Iron Islands and Sansa in the North. I feel like that's pretty legit. I would like that a lot. I mean, I would like that. And I do think that line from Tyrion is foreshadowing in a way what could happen. And it's a really good point on his part. If Danny gives it to one, of course others are going to ask for it too. Like, it's inevitable. And how is Danny going to decide who she'd give it to? I mean, because Danny's perspective is still that she hates the Starks. So I think it would be interesting if the North under Sansa were to ask and if she would actually give it, considering the history. Well, I think she would give it more readily if Sansa asked than if Jon asked. Possibly. Oh, you mean, oh, the, the North? Yeah. Is this before or after his parentage is revealed? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, because I don't even know if his parentage is revealed. I honestly think that just from all the foreshadowing George has done, I don't know if I love it, but I really do think that John and Danny are going to end up together. Oh, there's, I mean, I think there's definitely going to be a hookup. Yeah. For sure. Well, but the, she's been having love prophecy, not like one night stand prophecies oh yeah by hook up i mean not just one night stand there's gonna be whether i don't think it will end happily i think everyone (laughs) knows i think it's all gonna end horribly but i really don't you guys know how i feel on this subject i know you do i know um not a fan (laughs) so to speak about books so of course rickon um what do we think this means that he is going to die in the books? My perspective is that at the very least, I think it means he's not the le- the Lord of Winterfell at the end of the series. No, I feel like the fact that both he and I was thinking about this because he and Shireen, especially with the callback in this episode to her, like he's, they're kind of the fringe king and queen of Westeros that everybody loves. Yeah, to kind of ship in the fandoms. But I mean, I think that this kind of proves guys are not relevant. I love it too. They're my favorite friendship, but it's just not going to happen. And I think that the more people die on the show, the more we kind of know who's relevant and who's not. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I agree. I with mean, that. obviously I just said, I think at the very least it means he's not Lord of Winterfell. So if anything, he's just a younger brother that sticks around or he's dead. <laughs> so one or the other. Um, are there, any other thoughts people want to share about what this could mean for the books or the episode itself? Or are we ready to move on to stuff we're looking forward to for the finale? I just want to say one more thing about the episode that I thought was really brave on Sansa's part is when she says, if you lose to Ramsay, I'm not going back to Winterfell. Like she was willing to kill herself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very brave on her part. Yeah, well, she yeah. Was, it's good for her to warn him. I think that was more like, dude, you're going to find me dead. If you live, I'm yeah. not. You know, if you, if you survive this, just know that I will kill myself. Like, I love that line of hers where she said, you know, no, you can't protect me. Nobody can protect anyone. Yeah. You know, she earned that. That was some cynicism that she earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think John just does not have that perspective because he's been at the wall for so long. He doesn't he doesn't have her life experience yeah, though I'm wondering what he'll be like post this battle because it was pretty harsh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, ooh. I mean, he already was kind of going through PTSD. I'm like, what is going to be John? What is John going to be like after this? Kid, kid addressed this. He said that we should not be relishing what he did to Ramsey. He says this is brutal and barbaric and we should be shocked and unhinged by what John is doing because that's a hero and he's not supposed to be engaging in such violence. 
And I appreciate that, that he mentioned that, because it is very true that it's not John's style, but that he went there, that sort of berserker, you know, mentality. And I like that Kit recognized that that's sort of, that's something that we shouldn't be like cheering on, but we should be, ooh, let's take a step back. This is making me uncomfortable. Well, okay, let's be honest. So stop being so prissy, Kit. I mean, (laughs) the thing is, I do understand that, and it wasn't, I didn't see it as the hero John being tainted in some way. I did see that he went berserker. I did see that he lost it. But I think that John has earned the right to do that. I really, I mean, like he's been through a lot. And this is somebody who was part of the plot to dismantle everything that John had that he had any remote, like, good feeling about from his life before the wall everything this man took everything and so i think john has been through enough to kind of be like fuck you you see all this ptsd i have you're gonna get the brunt of it but see that's i think what for him he's always been a bit reserved and he's been composed and it's not very john-esque to be this way and i think that's what he was addressing is like this is not your hero engaging in this sort of activity despite who it is it's sort of like ooh, this is this is it not something. Rough. Yeah, it's rough. And it is, it's not supposed to be like fun to watch, you know, obviously we all do because Ramsey's such a, a piece of shit, but I do appreciate <laughs> that Kit recognized that, you know, that's not John's style. And I hope he doesn't, you know, go down that sort of violent road. Cause I do like that. He's a bit more honorable and Ned like, no matter how stupid it may be. <laughs> well, I mean, I think he's still honorable and Ned like, I just think that he's human. Yeah, I, of course. I didn't like watching it. I thought it was really rough. But, like, I did appreciate it because I could understand it. Yeah, it was definitely emotional. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I don't want a hero that is going to be better than me at all times. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that's not realistic. That's not realistic. I can't can't relate to that. Like, I would have probably beat the shit out of Ramsey, too. I don't know if I would have stopped myself and left anything for Sansa. But I do appreciate that he, like, stopped himself. And it's like, oh, this is yours. He's yours to deal with. Right, like that to me was very John. That was where the yeah. honorable stuff came in. I was actually annoyed at him. I was like, come on. <laughs> You're save so some close. for Sansa. <laughs> like, don't save some for Sansa. Fuck it. She's been through enough. And then Sansa, <laughs> the man who passes the sentence, should swing the sword. She, you know, stayed oh, yeah. oh, Did not avert even, her eyes. I didn't even think of that. That was Oh, that. I thought of that. I oh. was like, she's watching and she's listening to his final words. And then she walks away once it's like done. I was like, yep. Ned would be proud, yep. I think. Sort of, yeah. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, so the finale, guys. It's long episode. So there's lots of stuff they still have to cover. Mainly King's Landing. Like, that's the big, I think, kind of dangling storyline that's supposed yeah. to get resolved. Because um, I think we're done with Dorne. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dorne is finished. Marine is about done. Because they really, there's not much they can do that would be moving the plot forward that much there. Yeah, it's like pickup pieces. Probably same with Winterfell. It's yeah. I think it's King's Landing that's the biggie. Um, and of course, brands because we still have to see the, the Tower, Tower Joy. Joy oh my two. god, that's gonna be amazing end to John's. I think that's what they're gonna do is they're gonna show the Tower of Joy, flash to John, and have like a little goodbye scene with him, and that's it. Boom, done. Done. Mic drop. We're mic. Done. Mic drop. Bam. Do you think Arya is <laughs> gonna get to the North? Are we going to get a reunion? I mean, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they just show her on the boat so we know that she's actually I would just, getting I, to Westeros. I, I'd rather she just, like, go to Winterfell. We could just skip everything and just have her, like, arrive at Winterfell and... Well, technically, shouldn't Brienne get back to Winterfell, yeah. Winterfell before Arya? Yeah. No, she's on a boat, so like a small little boat, and we know how those <laughs> boats work. Um, I think she's going to end up with Sam. I think that's where Arya's going to end up. Well, no, Bravos is closer, closer to, to Winterfell. Old Town. No, it's isn't it no, closer it's to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's see, in the I'm north. Not, I'm not even good at geography with like fake lands. <laughs> like this is terrible. I mean, Arya should really be entering Westeros the way she left. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's, that same spot. <laughs> like, yeah. That would make sense. Because um, I think she would avoid King's Landing, so she'd probably try. Or maybe she'll go into White Harbor or something. May- probably oh, White Harbor. And that's how the Manderleys pop up. Yeah. We can only hope. We can only hope. That's don't amazing. get your hopes up, though. <laughs> that's amazing. And I, someone, I don't know who said this, but I'm excited about it. The flayed man will no longer be on the Winterfell cog. Yes, I've been waiting for this forever. I don't know if they'll change it for the finale, but it will definitely be different next season. They better fucking change it for the finale. Come on. They already have it, like, done from, like, episode one. I know. They just have to pull out old They don't need to, like, make a new one. (laughs) My God, that would make my life. That would make... I would love it. So Uh, is King's Landing burning to the ground? I feel like there's been way too much foreshadowing of wildfire. Like it's. I feel the same. And then I was wondering. I was like, well, they could still burn Loris just in a different way than how he gets burned in the books. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, (laughs) Like if it's wildfire this time around instead of tar or whatever. That's off. I. 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 I'm again. Like I said at the last episode, I'm not a huge fan of the King's Landing stuff because of the fanaticism, but I want to see some. I guess I want to see some resolution. I don't know. Yes. I'm not going to be, like, thrilled. Really Do you think they're going to find out that, like, the Starks have Winterfell? <laughs> like, that Sansa, like, owns Winterfell and, like, Cersei's reaction to that? Because I would want to see that. I would I know. die. I would feel like Cersei would, just, like, shit herself. Like, are you kidding me? Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> well, and uh, isn't in the preview for next week, isn't that a white bird in the preview? So, do, so Winter will technically arrive which makes sense because the episode's called the winds of winter but. but i thought that the winter's already there i think i think it was an episode where they talked about like the long summer is over and they're entering like their fall season yeah i think okay so should we wrap it up and give a toast to john yes and to sansa yes. how about this one to the starks of winterfell to the starks of winterfell to the starks of winterfell john snow and sansa stark and Rickon, rest in peace. Yes. And, and Shaggy Bran, Dog. Right. And Bran, get your shit together and come home, please. Yes. And finish up that vision. <laughs> finish up that vision. All right, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath, that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin, revenge it tastes so sweet. shipping like Missende and Grey Worm that I can't really find him hot because I'm like that's not for me. Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs>
Wait, you ship John with people and you find John hot, right? I know, but like, I love them so much, the two characters, that it's just like, I can't. It's like the boyfriend blinders. Like, no, no, that's not mine. So, so you <laughs> and him are no TP. No TP. No. T- no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the same blinder I get for like my friend's boyfriends. It's like, no, no. <laughs> oh my God. 